and welcome to Creative Lives, the Lecture in Progress podcast. Lecture in Progress is an online resource that inspires and informs the next generation of talent by providing practical advice and insight into the creative industry. This podcast series features a broad range of people talking about what they do and how they got to where they are. Our guest this week is Matthew Tinsley, a freelance visual effects artist and compositor. Hi, my name is Matthew Tinsley. I work in visual effects for feature film. My job title is in-house visual effects compositor. I assist the editor and the visual effects editor in piecing together all the visual effects for the film, but only up to a standard. And then they are then handed over or, work, or we work closely with the big visual effects facilities. We then finish them off, do them for real, make them look the beautiful, polished, uh, what you see on the screen. Specialised in feature films, over the past few years, Matthew has worked on titles including the recently released Jurassic World, Paddington, and the last three Bond films, Spectre, Skyfall, and Quantum of Solace. A good example of what I do is when the first time in Skyfall when MI6 gets blown up with Judy Dench on the bridge is I worked closely with Steve Begg, the overall visual effects supervisor, and he's an old miniatures guy and now works in visual effects. So he and the team had constructed, a, I think, a third scale green screen model of the MI6 building in Vauxhall. And that green screen model was essentially blown up and shot at very high speed. And then on the day, they hand that footage over to me and I will composite that explosion with the previously shot live action footage of Judy Dench on the bridge reacting to this building exploding. But that's only, say, 50% of the visual effects you actually see. The other say roughly 50% of the visual effects you don't see, which are the secret stuff that, you know, on a film that you expect there's to be no visual effects, there'll be people like us removing the cable in the background, removing the lamppost, removing the crew catering truck, which was accidentally left in in the background, taking out frames of a conversation to make that conversation happen so much faster. There's a famous quote, where the only visual effects you notice are the bad ones. You shouldn't know it's good ones, right? Studying media arts at Plymouth University, Matthew experimented with radio and film production before focusing on animation. Back then, I did an animation course, creative experimental animation, and then that led beautifully into stage shows, Um, you know, the, the sort of early days of the VJ. So that was a way of me and my buddy showing off our animations, our experimental animations, in front of a live audience. So we did visuals at big raves and big parties and big festivals. And what was the beauty of that is that we just had the freedom to play around and show off our newfound skills that we were learning in university of all the amazing 3D software and 2D software, which at that time was, which was being born and able to use on on an affordable computer. Moving away from VJ work, Matthew got his first job in film in London at the Jim Henson Company, renowned for Sesame Street and The Muppets. I was lucky enough 
to get a runner's job at Jim Henson's Creature Shop in Camden, um, which was fantastic. And that was working in film. I was lucky enough to know somebody and um, have worked with lots of people who've, you know, applied and applied and applied. I know one guy who didn't go to university and he sent a hundred different letters to different companies and then yeah he got a job so it's through hard work that you can get in but yeah a lot of people in film industry it is through knowing people and building up those relationships being a runner is a great way to get to know all the visual effects department as well as Henson's at that time was also still had its uh, animatronic and uh, maquette and you know the sort of classic style Henson's puppetry that you saw and Henson's at that time was trying to build up its visual effects arm because that's the direction it was turning um you didn't need to make the puppet anymore in theory you could make it free visual effects. So I was lucky to get into Henson's at a time when they were building their visual effects department. And I stayed there for two years and had a great time learning software, learning the industry. And I guess I was an apprentice, I'd say, making friends with everybody in the company. And some I'm still very good friends with today. I always say to people, and people said to me, that if you're a nice person, if you're enjoyable to work with on a day-to-day basis, then people will remember you and they'll offer you more work. As a freelancer, it pays dividends to be nice, to keep up those relationships, to generally be somebody that they want to go for a pint with on a Friday. As an ever-evolving and expanding global industry, Matthew tells us where VFX is flourishing around the world. Worldwide, the big uh, visual effects industries are California, Canada, and London. And there's a few big ones in Paris. So those are the main Western and New York. New York's building as well. The bigger companies have offshoots of their companies in the Eastern side of the world, India, Bangalore, Singapore, um, Mumbai. That works well on a worldwide scale. It's good for London because we've got GMT. So the studio in LA, they can make a change, send it to London where we'll action the change. And then that work will then be done in Mumbai overnight, be back on the desk of the studio the following morning. Tax breaks are a big reason for industries booming. Canada, I think, has 27% tax break. That means if a big feature feature production comes to the country, they'll be given 20% off their entire budget. Um, London's 20%, so a lot of big productions are coming to London. It's it's cheaper to do it here than it is in America. Finally, Matthew offers his advice for aspiring VFX artists and those hoping to work in feature films, including tips on what makes for an attention-grabbing showreel. It's getting a shot which makes you go, wow. Showing off the technical side, showing your creative side. In visual effects, it helps to be half technical, half creative, so it has to look good. 
it doesn't necessarily have to be a finished shot. If you want to be a modeler, you can just show off this beautiful model you've built. If you want to be a texture artist, you can show off the texture that you've built for the model. No more spinning objects on black and white checkerboard floors. <laughs> a lot of showreels can be so long and boring, but make it short, snappy. It's quite hard to cut down your work once you've spent six months on a shot, then it's hard for that artist to then not put that shot in, even though it might be the most boring shot in the world. So yeah, keep it short, snappy, put some good music to it, to give it a unique voice. And to get into the industry, it depends on what your role will be within that industry. There's a really good white paper produced by Skillset that details and breaks down all the different roles which are needed in visual effects. I, whenever I get emails from students or people wanting to get into the industry, I always direct them to that. Um, you know, it's just an online PDF that is worth reading. Um, but as a closing note, visual effects is a booming industry. It is growing and there's not enough good artists in the industry we're always looking for more people. So we need more courses, we need more students coming out of those courses and they need to make contact with the bigger companies. They need to get involved and build up those relationships. Time and time again, I get emails from students. I talk them through their, their direction, where they're going. And then I always close the email with, let me know how it goes. And then I never hear from them again. I'm like, I just spent like an, half an hour of my time writing you an email, but I don't hear back from you. It's the ones which I hear back from six months later and say, oh, I did this, I did this. What about doing this? Then I'm building up that relationship with those people. So then in the back of my mind, I know where they are. And if a job comes up, I can point them in that direction or if something new happens. So yeah, the people who get on well in the industry are the people who are building those relationships and constantly feeling fresh with the industry. And yeah, it's an exciting place to be. This episode of Creative Lives was brought to you by Lecture in Progress. It was presented by me, Indy Davis, and the guest was Matthew Tinsley. The editor was Ivor Manley. Lecture in Progress is made possible with the support of a number of brand patrons. They include us two, GF Smith, and the Paul Smith Foundation. For more information, check out lectureinprogress.com.